Hey, thank you for checking out this episode of Laid Off, the Blair Thomas podcast, and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, my website, BlairThomasMedia.com, and checking out everything. I appreciate every single subscribe. And this episode is going to be a little less serious than some other recent ones. It's not about the, the chaos in the world and the unrest and the virus. This one's about a holiday that's near and dear to my heart. That is today, the day I'm recording this, July 8th, which is National Video Games Day. And I just completed a game that really has me thinking. I have so many thoughts, and I wanted to share so much of it. And the main thing I want to hit is, well, I think for the last 15 years, video games have been trying to reach the level of movies as far as storytelling. But honestly, I think we've gotten to the point where movies and TV shows have some serious catching up to do. Here's why. So if you didn't know this about me, I'm a huge video gamer, and I have been for virtually my entire life, no pun intended. Uh, going back to the Sega Genesis days with Sonic, and I had a PlayStation 1 with Crash Bandicoot, and I played Pokemon on my Game Boy Color and the Xbox days, and Halo and Call of Duty and Mass Effect and all the other shooters of the last uh, 10 to 15 years or so. And, you know, I've kind of moved away from some of the competitive stuff. I don't play Madden as much and anything that, you know, puts me against other people. You know, I'm not trying to uh, stay up and, and be better than this guy at Call of Duty like I was in high school. But now I'd say with games, I'm more interested in those single player stories that can tell a, a unique tale about these strong characters and you know, I've been telling people for years, like, look, like, these games are at the point now where they're just as good, if not better, story-wise, than anything you'll watch on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime or any of it. The characters and the tech, it's it's really blurred that line between movies and video games, which I guess makes sense because... It, Movies had always been the gold standard of storytelling, right? What can you tell me about these characters and this story in two and a half hours or less that can keep me glued? And I think TV shows had kind of moved into that once the, the budget started to ramp up more. Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, Breaking Bad. I think we'd really hit this groove when it came to TV shows where that became the proper way to tell a story because you weren't limited to two and a half hours like you are with a movie. and Well, games kind of came in and I think have upset the entire lexicon when it comes to storytelling because there are certain things that you can do in a game, storytelling-wise, that you can't do with something that's not interactive like movies and TV shows. And I speak specifically to a game that I just finished yesterday the Last of Us Part 2, which is a PlayStation 4 game and a sequel to one of my favorite games of all time, The Last of Us, which came out in 2013. Now, I'm going to touch a bit on the story of those games, so a quick spoiler alert for The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part 2. It's sad that most people won't ever experience how absolutely incredible of a story they've crafted with The Last of Us and the team at Naughty Dog. They, they sold 4 million copies in three days, and it's already one of the biggest grossing video games of all time. And so many people are just so used to taking in stories their usual way, right? Going to the movies or sitting down on the couch and watching it on TV. But 
basically, The Last of Us tells the story of a post-pandemic apocalypse and the very powerful, intricate connections and relationships between the people who survived that. Specifically, a man who traveled across the country with a young girl and bonded with her. And part two kind of continues that story in a way. And it affected me and it affected so many gamers on this emotional level because it hit these beats and it told these stories in a way that everyone could kind of connect to or, or see themselves in the game in some way and say, man, would I, would I do that? And what I don't know if I agree with this decision. And it kind of, you know, has the typical video game mechanics, right? You have to kill people. You have to complete puzzles and things like that. But for the most part, the game moves you from narrative bit to narrative bit and more storytelling. And there are scenes where the characters can interact. And if you were to be walking by someone playing the game, you'd say, wow, what movie is this? It looks really good, but it's actually all digital. And the way the actors have physically come in and acted out these characters and brought them to life, it really, you know, for if you're a non-gamer, and haven't seen anything on a screen like this uh, ever. You know, the last game you saw was Super Mario uh, back in the 80s and 90s. You'd say, oh my God, I didn't know games could even do this. Because maybe you're so used to a nephew or a child of yours playing Fortnite. And Fortnite just being this cartoony shooter that, you know, taken over the world. Fortnite's incredible. And same with Minecraft and those kinds of things. But this is a, a narrative that they built specifically in this story with The Last of Us. That is heavy on character and it it rivals what you'd see in the movie theater. And I want to make very clear that The Last of Us is a mature rated video game, which is the equivalent of an R rated movie. So it's very violent, it's gory, lots of strong language, and it's very adult in a way. It's not for children at all. I think it's important for games not to just be gory for the sake of gore, like Saw or something like that, but get away from those older kind of tropes where violence was the only point of the game. You can't just have violence for the sake of violence. And I think that applies to movies and TV shows as well. Like I watched, um, Red Sparrow, uh, the Jennifer Lawrence movie a couple of years ago in theaters. And it was just like gratuitous and very over the top with its violence. And as a moviegoer, I'm thinking and watching this like, OK, yeah, like you have this person being brutalized. But is it really advancing the story in any way? Like, what is the point of all of this violence? Why do we have to show people being mutilated and things like that? Because I think in a movie like that, it didn't really advance the plot in any way. They were just like, all right, let's have the scene where this person gets messed up, you know? And, well, I think that's one thing that games, for the most part, um, have missed the beat on for a long time if they've wanted to be taken seriously. Now, games, just like anything else, like with movies and TV shows, not all are meant to be taken so seriously, okay? We have Napoleon Dynamite, and we also have... The Silence of the Lambs. They can exist within the same medium, but aren't meant to be both taken in as a, a very mature 
way of pushing art forward in any way. And that's honestly one of the limitations of video games over the years was uh, a buzzword that had come out recently called ludonarrative dissonance. And basically what that means is what you do as the player does not align with what the characters in the game are like on a human level. So basically like a a smiling, wisecracking, fun-loving guy would also pull out a pistol and murder like 500 people without blinking an eye. Like when those things don't line up, it takes you out of the game because you're like, all right, well, you know, he's, he's a really cool and nice guy, but he just like killed a whole army to get here. Like that doesn't make any sense. And I think that's where a game like The Last of Us really shines is that every bit of violence and every gasp of breath and every little bit of desperation to move through this dangerous world is so necessary. I don't think there's a bit of superfluous violence in the entire game. I I think over the course of the 30, 40, 50 hours you'll spend across the series within it, they make sure that every time an act of violence is committed, there is a certain weight to it and there is a certain meaning behind what is happening. And I think that's very important that it's not just seen as well, it's just a, a way for people to get their frustrations out and kill people in the game. And the reason I think games have kind of overtaken movies and TV shows when it comes to storytelling is the ability of video games to force the player to act on what's happening. It's not a passive medium like movies or TV shows are, where you're watching the characters go through their tale, but you're actually in control of the character. What if you were playing the Breaking Bad story and you are Walter White and you you have to physically do the things that he does and you have to go through and watch that while controlling his actions. It's a different kind of feel and a different way to tell a story that you don't get from movies or TV shows because You know, uh, imagine if in Dog Day Afternoon, you were the one who carried out the bank heist. And that's where I think that strength of video games comes out, because you get to feel in a game like The Last of Us how dangerous the world is. You get to see the characters struggle with killing people that maybe they feel conflicted about, or you get to move through this world with these monsters that are trying to attack you, and you get to see why these people are so desperate in this world because it's not just you watching someone go through this this post-apocalyptic scenario but you the player are actually seeing what the realities of the world truly are out there and here's another trick that games can pull off that other storytelling methods just cannot and that's the perspective shift imagine if Back to the Future was a game. And you get to play as Marty McFly and you get to do the shenanigans at the beginning and you get to go back in time and there are some other things you have to do within the game. But then halfway through Back to the Future, you switch perspectives and suddenly you play as Biff. And this character that you're supposed to hate throughout the entire movie, this guy's a jerk, 
He's mean. He's the bully. He's the clear antagonist, right? But as you play Biff's story, they begin when he was a child. And you get to see how Biff was abused by his parents. He was bullied by other children because of his weight. And you get to see all of the the reasons why Biff is the way that he is. And it's not just watching that backstory. You become Biff. You have to fight off the bullies. And you you are the one who, who walks up to your room after the parents yell at him for something or something like that. When you become the antagonist and you see these things through their eyes, not only from a passive way, but becoming the person that you were supposed to hate. And then they go back and say, okay, you're back as Marty, but there's Biff over there. He's, he's a jerk, right? Or is he mean or is he just a person that's damaged? That's a trick that games can pull off right now that nothing else can truly do because you can watch the perspective of different people, but you can never become someone else in a movie. And that's something that The Last of Us does so expertly, and I think why it should be heralded as one of the best stories that anyone can take in right now. And it's a shame because in the media, right, video games are at that point where rock and roll was back in the 50s and 60s, where it was kind of fresh and new, and the kids loved it, and all of the the older generation at the time pointed to rock and roll and said, well, that's what's causing the kids to do drugs, and that's why they're getting into trouble, and that's a bad influence on everyone, because it was new at the time, and no one fully understood it. And I think that's where video games are, in that in the media, you know, you'll only see video games portrayed on the Today Show when it's a kid, right, sitting in the basement, eating Doritos, there's no other light on, and he's staring blankly, and he's mashing the buttons angrily. Like, we've all seen that visual, and that's... If you were to say to someone that, you know, I think games are good for society, and I think they're a good medium, you know, of telling these stories... The response you often get is, well, what good is sitting up all night and playing these games until two o'clock in the morning? That's what they'll respond to you with, because that's all they've ever been fed. That's all they really know about the art that is gaming right now. And yeah, of course, there are people who sit up and play until two o'clock in the morning and miss appointments and blow off the rest of their lives because they have to get to the next level. Like, yeah, of course. But the same goes for people who watch Netflix and Hulu, too, right? Why is it a badge of honor to binge watch all of the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, but frowned upon to do the same thing with Tomb Raider? Eventually we'll get there. I think my generation kind of understands the role of games in society, but with a game like The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part Two, it really pushes the medium forward even more And I think more and more people will begin to see that this is a viable, adult, serious way of telling these stories. Because, you know, I I actually wanted to share the Last of Us story with Marissa, my fiance. And there are people on YouTube who've cut the game story up into a five or six hour cut and put it all together so you can watch it like a movie. And one day I was like, you know, maybe we should like watch this. So like if I ever play part two, you know what's going on and all that. And I thought about it and I was like, well, watching someone 
else play the game or even watching the scenes of the game put together doesn't really do the story much justice because you aren't physically there completing those actions and doing what you're supposed to do to complete the game. There are parts in the story where you just explore this dilapidated world and you go through and see what happened to the salons and you see what happened to the stadiums and how the whole towns are empty. And, you know, you can just take time and explore this world for almost as long as you want because they allow you to do that. And that's something that you you can't do in a movie or TV show. Like if they were to spend 10 minutes in your favorite movie, just walking around the town and learning about stuff, you'd say the pacing was just off. But if you're in control of the pacing, then I think that would give you a different perspective on what's happening there, right? And there are actually bits of story in a game like The Last of Us that can only be shared through gaming because a conversation that you can have about this old movie poster that's on the wall with another character won't happen if you don't approach the movie poster, right? And those bits of exploration and learning about things are things that movies, books, and and TV shows just can't ever accomplish because they don't have that ability to just explore like that. Which leads into a movie like The Irishman, right? Which was the Al Pacino, Robert De Niro movie, which had all of the classic gangster tropes that we're used to, right? And the movie's like three hours long or whatever. And people were complaining that, yeah, I'm never going to sit through a three-hour movie. I can't do that. Like, why would I, you know, spend this much time on one movie? I don't have the attention span. But the only reason that The Irishman at three hours long is too long for a lot of people is because they're so used to movies that are two hours or less, what if the Irishman, now I've not seen it, but what if the Irishman was fantastic for three hours? Would it feel like it's too short? You know, uh, I think that's where movies have a kind of limitation where if things don't fit into our time frame or uh, they aren't what we're used to, we say, oh, I, I can't sit through that. But there is no rule saying that we have to sit down and watch an entire three hour movie in one sitting, is there? I mean, that's what we do usually, but like. That's like a rule of movie watching where it's like, if I can't watch it in one sitting, it's too long. But we do the same thing with TV shows, right? We don't we don't sit and watch the entire season in one sitting all the time. Sometimes we do, but we break it up into little pieces. So why do we feel like three hours is too long to watch anything? Because that would only be what six 30 minute episodes. We can do that, but we can't do a three hour movie, which I, I find very interesting. And TV shows, I think, have kind of gotten to the point where they have captured storytelling in a way and pacing and allowed the storytellers to flesh out the world and different characters in a way that movies cannot. Because, well, simply there's more time to kind of go through those. A game like The Last of Us, you know, will take you 15, 20, 30 hours to complete. You know, they have all of the time in the world to flesh out the story. And it can be as long as they want it to. I'll stick around for as long as it keeps my attention. Like a movie like Interstellar, which is, uh, I think, over three hours long. Um, and one of my favorite movies ever. It's extremely long, but it's good the entire time. So it's a quick three hours, you know. And I think about a year ago, The Last of Us was actually greenlit as an HBO TV series where they're making a TV show 
based on a video game and not the other way around, which is kind of fascinating because, yeah, it's not going to be the first game to cross over into the movie or TV show realm. But, you know, with something as good and cinematic and emotionally affecting as The Last of Us, we always have people say like, man, like, this is so good. I wish this were made into a movie or like, man, I wish there there were a, a show that was just like this that I would completely watch this. And well, now they are. And to be honest, I am not excited for it at all, because with a story like that, the best way to experience it is in the game. We already see how this story plays out and to not be able to experience the world and move through and be attacked and ambushed and act stealthy and a part where you're supposed to run away. The story just won't have the same effect because, well, when I, when I play the game, every encounter could be different based on my decisions as the player. And I get to see the characters move through that as a result of my actions. And that's something that you just cannot get from a TV series or a movie. So honestly, even though the, the HBO series will probably be very good, and for the average person, they'll say, wow, that The Last of Us show was really excellent. You should probably go check it out. I still think the most premier way to take in that story is with interactivity. And honestly, I think in 10, 15, 20 years, we're going to see more stories put out there like Black Mirror Bandersnatch, where they're interactive and they branch out and we'll see them on Netflix and it'll become more mainstream. And I think eventually we'll get to the point where we say, Wow, remember when we used to just watch movies and we couldn't decide on which people lived and died and controlled the character? I think we'll get to the point where the interactivity of video games will bleed over into Netflix and regular old TV because I think my generation will kind of figure out how to make that flow on a more accessible mainstream level. And the final thing I want to say about video games here on National Video Games Day is that years down the road, when my child is old enough to make their own decisions about their extracurricular activities and play sports or join a club, I'm wondering if I would be okay with my kid playing football. Because, look, the research that's come out with concussions and repeated head injuries and CTE has proven that it's not the most safe game to play right now, which is, I mean, self-admittedly very ironic and very hypocritical of me because I love to watch football. I love to watch someone else's son hit someone else, but I wouldn't feel as uh, compelled to send my own child out there to play football. But I think if it came down to, hey, dad, I think I want to play esports versus, hey, dad, I want to play football. I'd say go play esports all day, every day. You know, Uh, no, staring at a screen of any kind for any length of time is not the best for your brain. But um, I think I'd be more comfortable with saying, hey, you know what? Go go play in that NBA 2K league or join your school's Overwatch team because, well, I I think it, it wouldn't be as physically dangerous for them. At least I know whatever game they're playing won't affect their ability to recognize me or walk in a couple of years. And it'll keep their brain intact. And honestly, I think intact brains are definitely the best kind. So yeah, The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part 2. 
Some of the best art that anyone can take in these days, across any medium. So the best storytelling, the best characters, and... Well, I think that's because it's a video game and not a movie. And maybe for the first time ever, Hollywood has some serious catching up to do. <laughs> 